This is Michigan Embedded Correspondent John Solberg, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you want? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. The Live Fire Barbecue and Grilling Authority Show. It's Live Fire Fun and Frivolity at its finest. We do it live every Tuesday night from 9 to 11 right here in the bowels of the Barbecue Central Show studio. And we're recording and streaming and doing all this other stuff. Still to come on the show this evening, the Embedded Correspondents will be joining me in about 13 minutes from now. We'll do the 100% Assurity Pick. I'll tell you how to get involved with that if you are so inclined here in just a few moments. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat. Slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch for a video feed. Slash RD Rempy on YouTube for a concurrent video feed. If you would love to hear us and never see us, you can do that on Clubhouse. Also, if you want to take part in the 100% Assurity pick here in just a few moments, you can get on the Clubhouse app right now. Find the show streaming live. I'm sure it's very easy to do, but I don't know how to do that. And then when I ask for someone to raise their hand, just go ahead and raise it up. We'll get you on, and you can answer the questions right along with the panel members. You can also get an ad-free podcast feed experience one of two ways. Go to the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Show, or if you listen to the show through podcasts on Apple Podcast app, you can... Subscribe to a ad-free experience right within the show. Just click on that banner and away you go. Or just take the show how it comes. With some ads, but with a lot of fun and a lot of frivolity. This comment coming in from show listener over on the Facebooks, Bob Witt. I know barbecue is year-round event, but I'm super excited to have... Mm, cut off there? Stupid. But I'm super excited to have spring here and smoking meat while relaxing outside. Just had to share. Bob, I'm with you. I don't mind grilling and barbecuing in the cold. I don't sit outside as much as I used to. But I certainly have no problem utilizing the tools that will allow me a great barbecue, low and smoked product. Or out on the grill, I'll shovel or a hell of this year I had to run the snow blower by the grills just to clear a path from deck to, to uh, the cooking appliances out there but I'm definitely a fan of the warmer weather I love anything that's 70 degrees and above I don't even need to necessarily have sunshine I just like it warmer because I feel probably like Bob does that there's just a certain ambiance that the spring and warmer weather offers a guy or gal that loves to do the live fire stuff so we are hopefully quickly approaching, although as I look at an eight-day forecast here in Cleveland, 
There's still days where it's barely getting 40 degrees. I gotta get the hell out of here. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, episode 221, taking you back to March 29th, 2011. 11 years ago. And this week's Best Moment Show features one of my favorite guests during the lifespan of this show, which happens to be none other than Canadian slash just in general barbecue and grilling expert Ted Reader. TedReader.com will make an appearance because he made an appearance 11 years ago, but he'll make an appearance this Friday on a Best Moment Show. This time around, Ted and I talked about his work as a product consultant. What that specific... What? Consultant? and what specifically goes into making barbecue on a large mass quantity scale. Also in this episode, we talk about doing ribs specifically in that kind of a scenario. So when you go to the grocery stores or the big box stores and you see those ribs that are already done and you wondered how that happened, this would be a great portion for you to listen to because Ted talks all about it. And you can go back and listen to the whole episode because there's a lot of great other guests besides Ted Reader. By the way, I don't know if you are familiar with this, but if you scroll through those show notes every Friday, there's a link back to the original show, the whole show. So if you like that 10-minute blurb that you got that John put together, there's a really good chance you're going to like the remaining minutes of that interview and then all of the other guests that I have within that show. That's what happens each and every Friday with the best moment show. There's a link to the original show that you can go back and listen to. Why not? Why not get back and caught up with the history of the show, especially if you're new, if you're new centralized and you didn't know how many episodes. I mean, I got over a thousand episodes in the backlog. I'm trying to figure out how to dump all those in at this point, but that's what's happening here on the best moments this coming Friday. Ted reader, Ted, what's up? How are you? My friend, hope you're doing well. Got to book Ted back on the show here sooner than later. Uh, don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment on this show that has been perhaps lost in the archives or was just a favorite of yours, you can go ahead and email John, J-O-N, at thebbqcentralshow.com, and he'll do his best to meet your expectations. Now, programming note. Uh -oh. Starting the fourth Tuesday of next month, that being April 2022, the close of the first month of Q2. Believe it or not, folks, I'm not even kidding when I say this. The third season. The third season of Barbecue Central Show American Idol starts up. Oh, yes. Who's going to be in the contest this year? So glad you asked. Well, I thought, well, I thought that season one champion was going to be coming back to try and grab two titles in the first three years of this show. Not happening. Jeff Rice will not be available to try and win back the title this season from John. Not going to get into the specifics, but I'm telling you right now, legitimate reason. It's not that he's had enough of this singing nonsense and doesn't want to take part. He's a big fan of this show. He's a big fan of the American Idol portion. Obviously, he's a champion of the show. He has way bigger things to concern himself with 
than the contents and nonsense of this show. So we wish him and his family well. That's number one. Number two, which happens to be season two champion John Solberg will be returning. He has no choice. He will be back to defend his title. I have spoken with him at length over the last number of weeks. He's very excited to defend his title. Not only is he very excited, this is my speculation here, but I believe John is feeling very confident. Maybe stepping into cocky, thinking that this is his title to lose. Now, I understand. He's the current reigning champion. In essence, it is his title to lose. There was a lot of conversations going on in this household after the second season ended, calling shenanigans on results, saying that some people fixed results. There was a lot of run bucketness going around here that I had to quell. But John is feeling very confident that he might be a first repeat champion as season three starts to break out. Who else is going to be singing? Well, of course, the longest-running embedded correspondent from Texas, Doug Scheiding, is back to try and make a push into the quarterfinals here in 2022. Doug known for great songs like Jesse's Girl. And other songs that I can't think of right off the top of my head, but Jesse's Girl sticks in my brain for some reason. So, Doug will be back in also singing this year. The Utah Embedded Correspondent, Rusty Monson, making a huge splash in his inaugural appearance last year there in Season 2. He'll be back for his sophomore season and looks to win the whole thing. Rusty, of course, known for singing songs like She... Now I'm a Man and the Banana Song. Was it the Banana Song? (laughs) I think Dusty sang a song about bananas which ultimately got him booted out of last year, I believe. But Rusty is an artiste. Of course, I will round out the contestants panel and will try to finally get over the top and win season three after being the bridesmaid the first two years. Now, while many of you love the contestants, I have heard from a sweeping majority of you that your favorite part is the honesty and the ruthlessness of the judges panel. I'm happy to report that the sending of mics to the college-bound girls have already transpired, so you don't have to worry about any of that. They will be beaming in from the likes of Kent State University and Seton Hill University. Marley will be in studio. Notwithstanding that, to really step up the level of judging this, the third year of Barbecue Central Show's American Idol, I reached out to a professional in the music industry. Someone who has decades of experience under his belt as a singer, as a songwriter, as a producer, the list goes on, confirmed, dare I say it, confirmed as a judge for season three of Barbecue Central Show's American Idol is none other than the lead singer of the unofficially official band of the Barbecue Central Show, Three Years Hollow, co-founder Jose Urquiza will be sitting in this season to judge, if you can believe it. This adds a level of professionalism to this event that few can that few can match. In fact, 
No other barbecue show can match this because no one else is doing it. Maybe for good reason. Nevertheless, season three, only a month away. So boys, don't sandbag. Don't procrastinate. Get your music in the can. Production value at the premium here as we go into season three. Let me talk to you quickly about somebody who is definitely experienced in the music business and the barbecue business. That's Sterling Ball over at Big Papa Smokers. The championship rubs and seasonings continue to dominate the market like no other brand. 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for new go-to sauce, why not try Granny's? If you're looking for cookers, why not? If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. They also have the Old Hickory Ace BP, which is a cooker that Sterling trusts on his competition trailer and only that one. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call them 877-828-0727 or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. Get connected and get in with the website that is changing the nation as far as retail of rubs and sauces and accessories and everything. In fact, Sterling inspired me to have one of my next week's guests on, which is David Parrish from Slow and Sea. Sterling, a huge fan of the Slow and Sea. Inspired me to have David back on. It's been a number of years since we had him back. All right, uh, enough of that nonsense. We're going to get ready to do the fourth Tuesday of the month embedded correspondence segment. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion being brought to you by Smithfield. Head on over to smithfield.com right now for recipes as well as tips and tricks from well-known live fire cooks like Darren Worth, Jess Pryles, Charles Cridlin. With mouth-watering flavor, no artificial ingredients, Smithfield Fresh Pork is quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy and the trusted choice of top cooks for use at competitions and at home. Smithfield.com. And if you're a competitor and a committed cook, go to smokingwithsmithfield.com. And that way you can enter in your first place finishes, both ribs and pork. We thank them for their support. All right. Let's go ahead and get ready for the fourth Tuesday of the month embedded correspondence segment. Here they are joining me this evening. Doug Shiding directly to my right. If you're looking at the television screen, there's John Solberg from Michigan directly below me. And from the great city of Utah, Caddy Corner, bottom right, is none other than Rusty Monson. Guys, I'm sure you are all ready for the third season of Barbecue Central Show's American Idol. We won't get into that, but I'm sure everybody's very excited. Everybody's been steady at work, making sure that they have stuff in the can. If you need any help with production, of course, reach out. I can help with that. Or we can also send it over to the official sound man of Barbecue Central Show, Haniel Tristan in Texas. So whatever you guys need from me, I am at your disposal as we ramp up here for season three, which again is in one month's time. So we want to make sure that we are paying close attention to that. But 
withholding all of that, let's go ahead and grab somebody from Clubhouse, a Rod or Lance. Uh, they've both played before. If uh, somebody wants to raise their hand, I am more than happy to have one of you guys on here this evening, and you can answer the 100% assurity questions with us. So I'll wait for five seconds. Actually, we'll just see who goes ahead and takes up the first invite that I put out there. Hey, look at this. Everybody knows this guy. It's the realtor to the Hawaiian stars, Lance Owen. Hey, Lance. Lance? Thank you. All right, there he is. Hey. All right, uh, Lance, you know how to play this game. It's the 100% Assurity Picks. I'm going to ask questions to everybody here on the panel, and then we'll also come to you for an answer, and you have to just give us a yes or a no. Easy enough, Lance? <laughs> yes, it's easy enough. All Thank right, you. here we go. And here's the first question. 100% yes or 100% no? Why not start in Hawaii? St. Patrick's Day is highly overrated. Lance? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hit the wrong goddamn sound effect. Sorry about that. Lance is absolutely not. A duck. 100% yes or 100% no. St. Patrick's Day, highly overrated. 100% absolutely yes. John Solberg, highly overrated. Yes, 100% highly overrated. Yes, okay. Hmm. Rusty looks like he's frozen and not there now that I'm paying attention here. Rusty, give me a wave. Yeah, see, I'm like, nobody could sit there with his arm in that position and stay comfortable that long. See, my eyes are keen. We go to me. 100% yes or 100% no. St. Patrick's Day is highly overrated. It's a quorum, folks. It is highly overrated. Maybe Rusty saw that uh, question and was offended and has ejected for the balance of the show. We'll see if he comes back here. Uh, we'll go to the next question here. Anyway, 100% yes or 100% no in keeping within the St. Patrick's Day theme. Lance, have you ever consumed green beer in your life? Lance? We, oh, there you are. I lost you for a minute. What was the question? Have you ever, 100% yes or 100% no, you have consumed green beer within your life? Yes, 100%. Let's go to who appears to be back. Actually, let's go ahead and do double barrel. Rusty, you're back. Get ready to do two in a row right here. 100% yes or 100% no, St. Patrick's Day, highly overrated. That holiday is so freaking stupid. Like, it's so dumb. Just because your grandfather was Irish, like, 15 generations ago, bro. You, like, have so much more blood in you, it's not even funny, and you're just picking one just because it's cool. I don't understand it. Right. And, yeah, I've had green beer. It's all right. You've had green beer. All right. So, highly overrated and had green beer. Rusty Monston, back and passionate as ever. Doug Scheiding, you have had consumed green beer within your life. Unfortunately, yes. Yes, all right. Not unfortunately, you're a lot. Seems to be very popular, especially on one day out of the year. We go to Michigan Embedded Correspondent, John Solberg. You have consumed green beer within your life. 100% no. No? Never never been there. I will now answer this question. 100% yes or 100% no. You have consumed green beer within your life. I'm with John. Never. Never. I have no idea of... You know, now that I think about it, 
The only time I've ever seen green beer has only been on television. And if the only time I ever see something on television and not within my grasp, I question its viability. I question its real existence. Like it should be in front of me. I should be able to reach out and grab it and drink it, but I've only ever seen it on television. So to me, green beer is kind of a mythical thing, but you guys have had it. So I'm not questioning that. I'm just saying that's how my mind works. Question number three. Let's start out with Rusty here. 100% yes or 100% no gin is better than vodka. Yes, it is. Doug, gin is better than vodka. I live in the land of Tito's. No. Split already. John, 100% yes or 100% no gin is better than vodka. Uh, 100% yes. Unsponsored. Okay, Okay, I'm going to leave myself last here. We'll go over to Hawaiian realtor to the mega stars and mega rich Lance Owen. Uh, Lance, 100% yes or 100% no? Gin is better than vodka. 100% yes. 100% yes. Well, that's going to put a majority here, no doubt about it. Uh, I, of course, would say the gin is better than vodka. There's no doubt about it. More flavor, and uh, by the way, if you use the word martini, you can never also say vodka in the same sentence because that's not happening. 100% yes or 100% no. We'll start with Doug. You would rather have sirloin over filet mignon. No. Hmm. I'm shocked. Rusty, 100% yes or 100% no, you'd rather have sirloin over filet mignon. Yep, I like the sirloin. It's delicious. Let's go to Hawaiian realtor extraordinaire, Lance Owen. Lance, you would rather have sirloin over a filet. That is a tough one, but I'm going to go with sirloin. Yes. Hmm. I'm a little wondering about this guy. John? You'd rather have sirloin over filet. Yes. That's what I thought. I'll round it out here and say that aside from... Doug, were you the only one? I say sirloin over filet mignon every day of the week. Yeah. What are you? Two in a row. Two in a row. Are you a snob of of some sort? What's the deal with that? No, I just like the texture of the... uh, You like tender, no flavor bullshit? It's not no flavor. It's a mild no flavor. flavor. It's a joke. Ra- filet mignon is the most overrated piece of beef on the steer. People, oh, filet is so good. Bullshit. It's got no fat. It's got no flavor. And it's tender. Big fucking deal. Get over yourself. Try a real steak like a ribeye or a strip steak or any other freaking steak that comes off the cow for crying out loud. I don't believe you. You're lying. You're just saying that. You want, you in cahoots with the filet mignon board, Doug? Come clean. Absolutely. They called last week. <laughs> I was going to say that. Hey. All right. Uh, Gets out of the bag now. Does Jennifer like filet mignon over sirloin? Would you guess? I don't think she would. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right. We won't answer that. We won't, we won't talk yeah, for her. This, this is so. men only. 100% yes or 100%? No. 100% yes or 100%? No. When it comes to charcoal, John, you prefer lump over briquette. Yes. Okay. Yes, I prefer lump over. Rusty, you prefer lump over briquette? That's a really hard question. Uh huh. 
But in a vacuum, I would say lump, maybe. Okay. Yeah. A little surprised so far. We'll go to Lance from Hawaii. Lance, 100% yes or 100% no. When it comes to charcoal, you prefer lump over briquette. I want to say, but, but 95% of my cooks are, are on briquette, so I'm going to say briquettes. All right. Or the answer is yes. And we go to Rusty. What, wait, Rusty, you did you answer already? Oh, Doug, uh, charcoal, you would prefer briquettes over lump. The question was actually lump over briquettes. So Lance is no, I think. Oh, so you're I right. I'm sorry. Lump. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You go lump. Okay. Yeah, I'm lump. I'm lump. That question sucks. That's a tough one. Yes, but this is why we answer. This is why we ask the tough questions because we are the industry's leading opinion makers, not including Lance, of course, but we are the leading uh, opinion makers here in the industry. We have to give our take here. 100% yes or 100% no. To me, when it comes to charcoal, I prefer lump over briquette. No. Now, you might think because I am a huge fan of lump. That I prefer it, but I have to look over the broad spectrum as we make opinions in this industry. And I think more times than not, because of consistency, I would go ahead and grab a bag of briquettes. That's probably what I would do. We have one 100% assurity question left. We'll go back to Hawaii and lead off here. Lance! 100% yes or 100% no. This time next month, Green Mountain Grills will be out of business. 100% no. Get that big stuff out of here. We'll go to John. 100% yes or 100% no. This time next month, Green Mountain Grills will be out of business. 100% no. Rusty. Yes or no? Green Mountain Grills will be out of business. No, David will will keep quiet. David, what? We'll defeat Goliath. Oh, David will defeat Goliath. I'll tell you all about it off there. All right. Very good. <laughs> uh, Doug, 100% yes or 100% no? This time next month, Green Mountain Grills will be out of business. No. Hmm. Well, now I'm wondering what the hell everybody else knows that I don't know. Looking at all their faces, trying to see who's got to tell that I can start to work for questions. I can't see Lance, but he doesn't know anything. Lives in paradise, and we all hate his guts. Hmm. I can't, and nobody's got to tell here that I can start to jam up. All right. I guess that just leaves me 100% yes or 100% no. Will Green Mountain Grills be out of business this time next month? Now, I don't know if I should have qualified this question. I mean, are you answering under the assumption that this includes the ITC answer back one way or the other did that factor into your decisions if not raise your hand and i'll come back and and, and ask did that, did that all factor in no okay uh rusty uh, given that new piece of questioning on my end which i apologize and why i would never make a good lawyer uh does that change your mind do you think green mountain grill will be in business next month uh, if the decision is back um i think they'll find a way man all right. The so obstacle you, is the way. Think they and will I believe be, they'll find it. You think they will be in. All right. Uh, Doug, did that change your opinion at all? 
Oh no, it's no? it's okay. no either way. Okay. No either. Doug or uh John, you were good? I'm good. It's no either right. way. That decision's not gonna have anything to do with the next thirty days. Oh. <laughs> all right. Um and Lance, did you need to change your answer at all? Or you're still good with yours? I'm still good with mine. All Thank right. You. Well, Lance, as always, you have come to save the day. We certainly appreciate anything that you are looking to promote or talk to people about that is related to Hawaii and whatever you're into before I let you go tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Kona Home Team, that's K-O-N-A, hometeam.com. If you need for all your real estate needs in the state of Hawaii and send a big mahalo to um, Meathead for that smoked ice. That was awesome. All right. Mahalo. Thank you, Lance. Appreciate it. That's Lance Owen, the Hawaiian realtor to the yeah, realtor, whatever. He's a big time out there. What can I tell you? He's got a horse ring, if you didn't know. What, Doug? What was your answer to the last question? We answered it all twice. Hmm. All right. Now, my answer is predicated upon there being a ruling from the ITC, which means I have to now figure out or speculate how they're going to rule so let's say it's within that month Hmm. this time next month green mountain grill will be out of business what does that entail traeger is affirmed there's a remedy damage due then there's a bond that's a lot of money it's a lot of money also we would also have to assume that even if that's the case If somehow they're still in business, then that means there was some kind of deal made between higher-ups at both places. And my gut isn't telling me that 50% of that side is into making any deal whatsoever. Uh, Green Mountain Grills will not be in business. And I'm, again, speculating on all the information I'm getting from how the ITC might be ruling, but I I feel that if the ITC rules in affirmation of Traeger, um, there isn't going to be any olive branches extended out saying, hey, we won, and oh, by the way, we want everybody to play. I I just don't see that happening. So uh, I hope against hope that I am wrong, but that's where my gut's telling me. And that's going to do it for the 100% Assurity question. For March, April will lead a whole. But man, I didn't realize that that last one was going to be so gut wrenching for me. But uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of invested for me in that whole thing on, on a number of different scenarios. So uh, now we have some other topics to discuss. We got a couple minutes here before we go to break and then finish this out. Um, but let's go ahead and I guess extend this out a little bit on the Green Mountain Grill side. Does anyone have any thoughts about where? And this is a little bit more broad reaching as far as. Uh, now covering the entire pellet industry, but does anybody have thoughts on where the pellet industry might end up next month? Uh, Holding the Green Mountain Grill thing aside, do you think we'll be in a similar position to where we're at, or do we have a potentially whole new-looking pellet face, John? 30 days from now, everything in the pellet industry is going to look exactly like it does right this minute. Right. May not in 60 days, Made out in 90 days, but 30 days from now, 
man, the world just don't move that fast. You know, it's like someone in the GMG aside will be under maybe under some form of bankruptcy protection or something, but nothing's going to change in 30 days. Nothing can change in 30 days. The world just doesn't go that fast. Doug? Um, I liken it to how many people take a picture of their check and deposit it? I do. Does anybody on? Okay, exactly. That's kind of a big deal, I'd say. Um, USAA, a company that's based out of here in San Antonio, they're the ones that hold the patents on that. And they're the ones that sued Wells Fargo in the beginning. So, because Wells Fargo started releasing that to their customers. So, what do they do? They were ruled against it, and then they had to pay money to USAA in order to license it and use it. Um, now, USAA is going after PNC. So, I think that happened in 2020 or 21, and now this year they're going after PNC. So, th- there's just going to be arrangements to be able to l- use or license the technology if this is my own personal yeah, opinion. I don't know anything about it, but I, I think it's I think it's analogous from the standpoint of that's a fairly common and and way to deposit checks and people were using it um before you know there was a ruling and so they're gonna continue to rule uh use it afterwards in, in some sort of licensing arrangement paid pay for play. You assume, Doug, that there'll be a fair arrangement? I've I've heard things being bantered about here currently and they're not fair there, there's a lot of there's a lot of money being thrown around that i'm hearing uh, all speculation of course but even if it's somewhat true it's uh, fairly damaging to the companies that would potentially want to play with that you you think that there could be a fair arrangement made I, and by the way i have no idea what a fair arrangement for uh, like getting use of that technology is if it's two bucks a cooker or 80 bucks a cooker or whatever it would be but you think uh um uh, you think a fair arrangement could be made? Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, you know, if if you have a patent, you're you're going to, you know, belly up to the bar and and protect it, and you know, trademark as as well. So, um, I would think there'd be an arrangement that uh, basically, because if you, whether it's this or any other uh, situation, if you're basically knocking off all the 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 competition, wouldn't it be better if they licensed it and you've got a regular, you know, uh, stream of revenue from it? Um, from a licensing of the patent. So from a long term, I would think that would be more of a better solution. But John agree? That's me. I, I I agree that that's a good solution if it wasn't technology got stolen from me in the first fucking place. I mean, it's like it's going to be hard for Green Mountain Girls to go back and take some kind of arrangement like that because they got, they got to, you know, they're going to get screwed and that's just the way that's going to go down. But and don't don't get me going. That's for the next question. So it could be it could be a situation where one one company gets executed, but the rest uh, just get some kind of a, a deal made so they can continue on. Basically, could be. Rusty, Agreed. Rusty, your thoughts? Um. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it kind of play. I, it's it's hard to say because it just depends on how cutthroat they want to be. Doug said there's options, you know, and even these people ruling, they might rule and say, you know, hey, you, you have to pay them this and this and this. You continue operating under this, but you never know what's going to play out with it. I think it's all going to be the same when it's all done. I don't think uh, it's going to change much. It's just be a blip in the in the history of pellet grills, regardless of what happens. All right. We're talking with the embedded correspondents right here. Guys, take a break real quick, and I'll talk to everybody about Primo Grills. And then we'll 
tighten up these last talking points here and call it a show. What do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they are fuel efficient. We love that they can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We love that you can get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling of steaks and other thin cuts. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking is very important to both professional and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grill and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute the two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. Really, when you break it down, there's more than 60 different ways to configure the Primo Cooker. So you're only limited by your culinary imagination. Now, a lot of us love accessories. The pit somehow becomes the cheapest part of this whole situation. And Green Mountain Grills, I'm sorry, uh, Primo Grills does not disappoint here either. If you like rotisserie cooking, they have the new Primo Grill rotisserie. If you love pizza cooking, they have the Primo Grill pizza accessory. They also have a rib rack. They have a half drip pan, and the list goes on. Also, don't forget about the lift hinge and the top and bottom damper upgrades that happened last year. That's all available. Only being sold through dealers as well, so go to primogrill.com. Find a dealer near you. Check them all out. See all the sizes that they have and then make the best decision for you and get educated at the same time. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz? Yes. Patented technology and true two-zone cooking capabilities? Yes and yes. Multiple sizes? Yes. And if you have to have a round cooker, they have one of those too. But consider an oval. Primogrill.com is the website. Again, find a dealer near you. Check them out in person. Follow them on the Facebook and the Instagrams. That's Primo Grills at primogrill.com. We're back with more embedded correspondence right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by Vortic Watches, a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company located in northern Colorado, taking antique American pocket watches and turning them into wrist watches. In order to do that, they combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create unique quality functional timepieces with exceptional value. And the coolest part, each watch that they make is unique and one-of-a-kind. Vortic found a model that America wasn't assembled. It was built. Check them out at VorticWatches.com. And we are rejoined by the embedded correspondents. There's Doug Scheiding right next to me and John Solberg below and Rusty Monson there just below Doug. And following up on the last question that we got there on the other side of the break, as you see this case play out and it becomes more and more followed by folks in the industry, do you see this as Traeger potentially galvanizing the industry as a whole against them, John? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm... It's, I'm being, there's a lot in my head in this whole thing. Yes and no. I mean, some of the companies that Traeger is, 
you know, they're, they're getting bigger. Their companies are sucking up companies. It's not going to be a big deal for a lot of these offshore manufacturers to pay Traeger a fee to keep licensing it. Or maybe they'll just pick up their hammer and squish them. I mean, it, 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 I guess the bottom line is, yes, it is galvanizing the industry. I'm going to go with, yes, it is going to in some fashion. Rusty? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't. It can't not, I guess, in some ways or another. But I, I don't know. I, I guess I say I just. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I just don't think it's. I don't know. You don't it's think not, it's not as big I mean, of a deal? Yeah, I really don't. I just don't think it's going to be. I mean, when it's all said and done, we look back on this, and if Green Mountain Girl goes away, as much as I love them, it's going to just be one of those things. Like, oh well, you know, there's 45 other kinds, you know, and it's just it's just one of those things. Just life moves on, you know, kind of thing. Sadly, Doug. Again, I'm a paid consultant to Traeger, and but uh, you know the good thing is I don't know much about it other than when Jeremy was on your show yeah. and talked a lot about it from from that standpoint. So, but uh, my feeling is is that you know early on there was a lot more competition when they were all kind of smaller, and but now Traeger to me is becoming the Xerox or Kleenex of of pellet grills, and so uh, I don't really think that there's. Um, I think it's ridiculous to think that they're doing that other than if they have a patent they're going to protect it so uh, i think that would be a you know a strategy that any large company would have uh, going forward so um yeah I, it, but you know perception's reality and you know if you're the like you know the david or goliath you know if you're the david you probably would think that things are being galvanized against you um you know i've talked with a bunch of different folks manufacturers, accessory makers, people within the industry, people that cover the industry. And I think there's a, there's a fork in the road here that there's a potential that Traeger gets affirmed and maybe they do nothing except say, Hey, we won. Everybody continue to operate as normal. Um, that's very small possibility that could happen certainly. And everybody's free to operate as is. Uh, then there could be a small licensing thing that, you know, Doug has talked about here and Rusty. I think where the true galvanizing takes place is if Green Mountain Grills is hammered and they go out of business. Um, there's been a lot of talk about that. And then what does that look like for everybody else? And while nothing else has happened to anybody, then this is where the talk and the galvanizing galvanization starts uh, when you're wondering what could happen next, especially if something uh, ultimate happens to the people you're in the lawsuit with already. So uh, I do believe that there is a fairly large galvanization currently. And if you're a team Traeger person, you don't even give a shit about that. Um, but if you are outside of that loop, then you're perhaps looking at it with different eyes. We'll move on to the next topic from there. I'd asked Derek Riches about this towards the end of our segment there in the first hour, and I would love to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, Rusty, we'll start with you. On the amount of business that you are seeing being transacted here over the past year or so, as I told Derek, I don't remember in the 15 years, 16 years of doing the show, either live or through podcast, that I've seen this amount of business being done here like we have over the last 12 to 13 months. Are you surprised at the amount? Business of 
Uh, you have companies being bought. You have uh, partnerships and alignments oh. and recapitalizations and it's, like real ass business. It's just kind of maturing, you know, and getting to that point where that's just kind of the natural order of things. You know, you start out and barbecue is, you know, the guy with the new balances in the backyard. And then all of a sudden it becomes cool. It gets on TV and then, you know, all of a sudden everything pops up and all these businesses pop up and it just becomes this evolution to the point where that's kind of what happens at this point. You know, I think we're just there. We're on that right, that, that part of the wave where these businesses are big enough to be bought out and uh and get purchased and that's just kind of how it works you know now oh okay well looks like barbecue and this and that's going to make some money so let's get in there and get get in this stuff and we will work we will buy up all their hard work and we won't have to worry about it that's just how that's i think how everything goes especially with these kind of things that have become you know trendy and popular and, Hips, and it has to hipster like yeah there you go <laughs> uh, john you're somebody that follows the industry and has for decades what do you think about this well, this question ties into the two previous questions. You know, this is Grill Grills is sitting here going in this particular example. Hey, we can't survive being the next target or license fear, or whatever. But American Outdoor Brands certainly can survive a licensing agreement or whatever. So it's a great exit time for Grill Grills. You know, it's as Rusty said, things are evolving. The mom and pops are being killed by people that are out to make money because that's what businesses do. I know I'm angry at some level about a business that wants to make money, and I'm wrong for feeling that way. But these acquisitions are just part of this power struggle growth as the industry has grown. And it comes, as Rusty said, from the backyard now to real corporate America where you cut throats or you die, one or the other. So it's a brave new world. Doug, you're somebody that buys and sells businesses on a daily basis. Uh, you're within the live fire industry as well on many levels. Are you surprised at the amount of business being transacted or the the type of business that's being transacted? No, I'm not. And and there's two two reasons, especially in our let's say barbecue industry that we're speaking of. Barbecue has been killing it the last two years. So as a as an owner, even as an investor. To a certain extent, you want to buy when things are going going up because you think that they're going to continue. I am not sure that barbecue is sustainable at the rate that it's been growing the last two years during COVID, that it's sustainable. I think there is going to be a, a little bit of a, a lull um, in certain companies and, and or industry. So I think that's the one thing that we have in barbecue. In private equity, which is basically a lot of this investment money, how they operate. They'll buy 10 businesses. Okay. So a private equity group is, wants to buy 10, 10 businesses. They want to try to hit home runs in two or three of those businesses where basically the businesses quadruple in their average hold time of seven years. The private equity hold time is seven years, unless it's a family fund. But if on the other, you know, of the 10 businesses that they buy, they want two or three home runs. They want five just to kind of break even and plot along long and then maybe they can sustain a hit of one or two just really tanking you know hopefully not too bad so ba basically they're betting that they're going to hit two or three home runs out of that out of that 10 would it have been uh, best for any of these bigger companies that are coming in and doing the buying to have bought these companies early 2019 instead of now where they could potentially you know, you could get a, a gorilla now for twenty-seven million, but maybe if you waited a year from now, maybe you could get it for eighteen or seventeen. 
because yeah. you're yeah, not well, going to be able yeah, to I carry think, that yeah. same kind of growth. Yeah, I, I think so. Cause you know, if, if they could have foretold that, you know, the growth last two years, that would have been their two or three that they could have done, you know, that, that would have helped them. Um, now I think that they have to be concerned with, okay, if they buy someone is, you know, is the revenue going to go down by 10, 15, 25%. I think it's going to be hard to, to sustain the growth that, that barbecue companies have had during this time. And then as a, as an owner of a business, a lot of baby boomers out there, you know, time to cash in, mm. you know, and or, you know, right off into the sunset, you know, get your fit 50 million like Cosmo says and, and, you know, do whatever the hell you want. The one thing that I've learned about all of this, because I am surprised, or at least I'm not surprised by business because it's happening every day, but I am surprised that there is the amount of business that's being done and for the amounts that are being gotten and or paid for with these businesses. The thing that I've come to learn over the last you know, month of doing now the Barbecue Central business show is while I always thought it was like you said, Doug, you're getting on in your ears, uh, your years and it's a cash grab and now you can you know, buy a house in Jamaica and another one in Colorado or whatever and live the high life and you've made out from your hard work. I think perhaps more of these folks, unless they're just going to lie to my face and here on the show, maybe have hit their limit. They've experienced this growth double one year, double again, double again, and they don't have the wherewithal to sustain that kind of growth in the continued sense. So they almost need to find a partner or somebody to buy them with that financial capacity to continue to. Holy shit. Hold on. Fucking cat. Oh. Jumped up on the desk. Meow. Fuck, if I would have had Meow. a gun, I'd shoot that mother effort. Um, so uh, I think. They're almost put in a position because of success where they they have to, and they're happy to, of course. I mean, they're they're getting a payday, but for them to continue to want to get, you know, a lot of these folks that I've talked to that have sold here in the past twelve months really have no interest in getting out of it. They're not looking to make an exit. They're looking to stay with the brand that they've bought up, uh, brought up from birth, and stay with it to some degree. So uh, that's the the thing that surprises me most is is the the size of transactions, and then. I am learning that people want to stay with the brand and grow it the way they so kind of like Cosmo was talking about. And I wasn't able to see that the first time around. Last question before I let everybody go tonight. And that is, we'll start with Rusty. Is competition barbecue on a downward trajectory? And as a caveat or a supplement question, what about steak? Barbecue is, but I will say that backyard will be coming up uh, to pass it up, I think for a little while, I've seen so many barbecue, like backyard barbecue um, contests. I think it's going to be kind of cool to do, and I, I actually think you'll see a lot of backyard contests that are for the pros. You know, like you don't have to not be, you know, in, you know, you could do what you could, do, you can cook it no matter your experience. So I, I see that, but yeah, the answer is yes. And steak, no, I, I think that's still got. I still, I don't think it's peaked yet, and I don't think it's close. Um, that's just too popular. It's growing too quickly. It's, it's growing out, you know, and, and round. And I think we still have several years of that becoming quite, quite an ordeal. Um, but I, I do believe the barbecue pro comps, KCBS, ICBA, whatever, uh, definitely on the downswing backyard comps going to be on the upswing. And then we'll all be back where we were in 2008 in a couple of years. Doug, competitions on a downward trajectory, and what about steak? 
Yeah, I, I would say competition uh, is. And, you know, we talked about inflation with, you know, Tim and, you know, gas prices and things. You know, I was even, I'm going, I'm only driving two and a half hours away this weekend. And I was like, man, this is going to cost me probably another <laughs> 100, 125 bucks, may, uh, you know, maybe 150 on top of the, the cost that you already put in on a competition. So, um, that's just a lot. It'll, you know, not to mention meat prices and everything going up. And so, um, when the price of a competition goes up by 50%, 75% over what you were paying pre COVID, I start to think about it. And I usually normally don't think about those sorts of things. So, um, now steak, I think steak is, is, is on the way up. So, um, heck, you know, you don't have two, three, four, team members that are going to the competition. Usually most of the people and Rusty, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but are, you know, solo, you know, Lone Ranger kind of stuff, you know, out there cooking by themselves and they don't have a bunch of people that are there. You, you don't necessarily have to have a trailer. Heck you can, you know, pull up with your, with your Jeep and have everything in there and, you know, set up shop and be good to go. So I've actually been thinking about doing that sort of thing as a way to even save money on the competition side. So, um, and, you know, in, in Texas with our five barbecue societies, probably sixth forming uh, as we speak uh, i'd say it it brings the promoters in and and it gets the promoters involved in the politics of what's going on in in the competition barbecue and that's not where they want to be uh john competition barbecue on the way down and what about steak uh, competition barbecue continues to be on the downtrend i don't i don't think that's a new phenomenon i'll go back Barbecue competition barbecue trending down since take a guess 2018. Correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, when you get yeah. up there. I think steak will I think steak is gonna run is running level, to be honest. I I see these trends following themselves. Right. Just steak's gonna be a little behind it. I see a level one off and it's gonna trend down. Hopefully not, but but it just seems kind of the nature of those two things. One was born of the other, one more than likely will die of the similar to the other and just a slower path. But uh, yes, I think it, it is definitely trending down. Competition barbecue, certainly trending down. I'll go one up on John and say it was probably trending down since 2016. I think the last year that Travis Clark won team of the year, which he was on a run of like two out of three years. Uh, I think Brad Leiniger has won team of the year three out of the last four years. Is that right, Rusty? I mean, he's won, you know, KCBS team of the year. I think it's three out of four years, right? Yeah, it depends. He did um, back when it was just the one for the year. Now they split it up, and he's won several splits. So they'll split up for a quarter. So you have a team of the year of the first half, team of the year of the second. He's won both those and the one before when mm -hmm. it was just the whole year. Wow. All right. So uh, getting making it more convoluted for less popularity. And I think you're running into a couple of different things here. I agree with Doug, especially now you're running into higher prices of just everything. If you're going to be traveling a far ways, are you taking into are you somebody that takes into account the travel expenses that are you just going to see increased because that's just what's happening at the pump? Um, maybe you don't care about that, but I'm sure some people do. And if it's with if it's not within a certain mile range, they're just not going to do it. They'll stay home um, or uh, they'll do a, a steak event if it's closer uh, because that's just cheaper. And then I think there continues to be, I have no way of proving this, but I, I, I would tend to think that if Travis or Brad are the only ones that seem apparent to win a team of the year, that there's perhaps a lack of interest in trying to go ahead and go against these guys because 
they're really the only two guys that have won anything in the last uh, 12 years as far as overall titles. And that can be a little demotivating to some folks. And as far as steak is concerned, so, well, so as far as competition barbecue, it continues to, to mire at best. I don't hear anybody talking about it. Uh, Memphis's May is coming up here fairly shortly, and that'll be like the next one that everybody talks about. But I'm pretty sure KCBS has been having competitions, and I don't really hear anybody talking about it. I don't really see a lot of posting about it on social media channels or people saying, hey, I won this time around or whatever. And remember, this show used to be a very heavy competition guested show. Out of four segments on a two-hour show, there was a lot of times where there were three or four different competition pitmasters within two hours talking about the competition over here and talking about the competition over there. And that's just not where it is right now. And we'll see if that somehow makes a change. I have Emily Detweiler scheduled to come on here at some point in the next, uh, whatever many weeks. Um, so I'm very excited to talk to her about where she plans on bringing it now steak. I think after seeing the amount of teams that showed up in Fort Worth two weeks ago, uh, I'm I'm down with steak. I think it's still very popular. It's completely way less expensive. You don't need the teams like Doug was talking about or the trailers. Or what I mean, you know, pickup truck or a car, depending on what kind of grill you use. It is getting a little. I think people do think at this point that you might need certain things in order to be competitive or turn in a certain way in order to give your Self the best chance at winning, which was always kind of a, a bitch about the KCBS flavor profiles and what people were doing with meat. But by and large, I, it obviously is still very popular and it continues to grow. And uh, I, I mean, I would, I guess, I would rather go watch a steak competition than a KCBS competition. If someone told me I had to go watch one or the other, not that one, I guess, would be a that much more exciting, but I feel like steak might be more exciting just because it's quicker and uh, it seems to be a little bit more friendly to the pocketbook. The return, if you win, is pretty good. Plus, you get to take a stab at this whole world championship thing down in Fort Worth. It appears to be pretty neat, too. So, um, you know, Scott Nardi confirmed that last week when we were talking to him about winning the overall championship. So, I think a lot of good things in steak that are having the only competition steak thing that I don't see going anywhere is that KCBS thing. That's going to be a nightmare question routine uh, with Emily, but we'll see how that goes on. Uh, guys, this is promotion time, and I thank you for your time as always. Uh, Rusty, anything going on over at the trailer or on the podcast we should be knowing about? I get a day off on Thursday. I'm really excited about it. You can find me staring at my wall all day and doing absolutely nothing. I'm super excited about it. Very excited. If you want to listen to the Pitmasters podcast, we actually have a, a roundup this this week for SCA. Get people who are out there at the World Championship and talking about that. So check that out anywhere you get your, down, your podcast from. John, what are we promoting? The best moments of the Barbecue Central show every Friday. Don't miss it. Get it in your podcast feed or right over at thebbqcentralshow.com. And Doug, what are we promoting? For the ninth time, be on the baseball and barbecue. 900th time. Ninth time, seventh time as a guest host. Doug, how are you guest hosting baseball and barbecue? You're asking Derek Riches. Uh, you're you're interviewing. 
Derek Riches mostly while Len and Jeff take a backseat to your expertise. Not that I'm an egomaniac, but how do I not come up for one second in that interview? You guys were even venturing into talking about podcasting. I don't get mentioned. Rusty mentions me every chance he can get when he's a guest somewhere else. I don't get 30 seconds of a fucking mention on that show. I mean, what the hell? Oh my gosh. So, so who, who is the one that's acting like a prima donna? You are. I just said it. I just said my ego is terrible. I just said that, Doug. Are you listening? Oh my God. Outrageous. I, and I listened to the whole thing, hoping, praying that somehow I would get worked in, but no. But look at Rusty. I mean, Rusty is just like, takes a crowbar. He's like, just rip me in there. No matter what. Anyway, <laughs> who are you? Uh, who are you? Inter- who are you interviewing? This time, Steve Traxel. He was a Cubs oh, uh, yeah. for six years. Big fan. Sixteen years. Um, yeah, he was called the hum- human rain delay, and yeah. so that was my first question to him <laughs> to see how he liked that. Mm. So, all right. Uh, well, that's who they are right there. Doug Shiding, the longest-running embedded correspondent from Texas, to my right. If you're looking at the screen, there's John Solberg right below me from the great state of Michigan. And from the sparkling city of Utah, it's Rusty Monson, host of the Pitmasters podcast. Gentlemen, always appreciate the time, and we will see you again next month. All right, well, we're all set, and we can just ski-daddle right on out of here all the way back in the first hour. We talked with Tim McKeska from McKeska Brands. If you would like to carry his sausage in your restaurant or food truck or food business, Wichita Packaging, as he said, out there in the Chicago area is somebody that you can call. They're a distributor up there. You can shoot him an email, as he gave that email out earlier in the show, but I don't remember it right offhand, so I'm not going to give it to you. Then, after Tim, we talked with fourth Tuesday of the month regular guest and bristly barbecue journalist Derek Riches from DerekRiches.com, talking about the 2022 HPB Expo out there in Atlanta, Georgia. Perhaps a different location next year. Go to DerekRiches.com and see the products that he really took a shine to and wrote about. And in the second hour, of course, it was Doug Scheiding, John Solberg, and Rusty Monson, the embedded correspondents for their monthly segment. We did the 100% Assurity picks, and then we got some info on further topics as well. Apologize for the internet drop out there as we got through the second portion of that interview. But hey, this is what happens with technology. Big show planned for you next week. We have a bonus week. We have a number of new guests. The CEO of Solo Stove will be in. Uh, Mark Puente from Cleveland, but a investigative journalist from Florida by profession, will also be in. Plus a number of other folks as well. So how do I always leave you? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Sam the Cooking Guy, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Some call him a fool, some even call him a douchebag, but I say Greg Rempe is the greatest thing to happen to barbecue since caveman.